Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favor to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is uh, March the uh, 1st here. It's a Monday, and what a start to the trading week and month we've seen today, Annette. Well, just when we thought Friday was a little hard to digest, we've had a complete 180 today with most stocks screaming uh, across the board, particularly uh, banks. And I think except for a couple of gold stocks and maybe an ex-dividend, everything else has had a pretty good trading day. Look, uh, you go for a variety of different factors to what's going on here. Of course, the turn of the, uh, the month and the start of the month could be a play as well. But we can't go past what the RBA decided to go and do today at the long end of the Australian bond curve in both the uh, ACGB market and semi-market. Uh, for being in purchases, uh, most of them further out the curve, that set the market alight. It was already a pretty positive start to the, uh, to the trading session. But when that news came through, up, up mm. and away equities went, What's the broader implications though? What is the RBA's actions? Because I thought they were doing QE in an attempt to go and lower the Aussie dollar, but yet the Aussie dollar, when we're going to air here, uh, just after the market close of equities, is up around about 0.7% for the session. Well, if their plan was to dampen the currency, they failed miserably on that front. If their, gain, if their aim was to lower bond yields, that really didn't work either. The only thing I can come up with is this time last week they sorely disappointed by only buying one billion and then late last week they bought two and it seemed like bond yields were still marching higher so they thought you know what we're going to go with four same ratio as always um 80 uh govy and 20 percent semi so that part hasn't changed they didn't actually buy the three year per se they didn't buy the april 24 so this is qe and not yield curve control a few people said oh they're, they're throwing yield curve control out the window we can't we can't draw a line under that yet yeah because they, they were much more active at the uh, the front end of the curve what are the longer term implications of course like the rba has got an opportunity to go and explain their actions tomorrow we've got the rba meeting what what are they going to go and say how are they going to explain what their actions are i'm getting some pretty mixed signals that are coming through from the central bank at the moment yeah this, this is a tough one because as we know they don't hold a press conference all we get is a statement how we interpret that 
statement is obviously up to us. They're going to leave all key policy settings unchanged. But, you know, there's a few whispers going around that they might have to expand their QE program, which makes no sense. We haven't finished QE1. They've already announced QE2. Uh, and so it's very premature to talk about QE3. But there's a few people looking for some sort of guidance that they want to do more because they don't want bond yields this high this early. Another thing that we saw today was the release of a lot of data, and a lot of it's you know, pretty pleasing when it comes to the broader economy, but the housing data, it's rare that I'm lost for words, but that, <laughs> that housing finance data that came through from the ABS, just jaw-droppingly large. Now, I was expected to go and see a boom, but this is beyond what I expected. Mm. Now, how can we go and expect interest rates to remain at these levels whilst we have that amount of debt? And this is new debt that's been taken on by households to go and funnel into the property market. How long can we just sit back and say, oh, it's okay? As long as there's no inflation. And the problem with Australia, of course, is the ABS has done a great job and given us lots of data during the pandemic. Unfortunately, inflation is still a quarterly report. So we do have an RBA that's going to come out tomorrow and say inflation is well below uh, its target. There's plenty of spare capacity in the economy. They just have to run with that. They're an inflation targeting bank. And last we saw inflation's only 1.2 and the bottom of the band is 2. They've got nothing left to push back on. It's going to be intriguing to see how the RBA and the uh, Council of Financial Service regulators goes and handles this because it's going to be quite a predicament if it's allowed to go unfettered for the time being. Look, uh, bond market moves as well was a feature of the conversation that we had with Michael Jenicky. He's uh, Credit Suisse's head of Australian equities, and we had a chat to him in it earlier today. And uh, we asked him this, this uh, no question about the bond market and the backup in the curve that we'd seen up until uh, the last, uh, last day or so, and whether that was uh, an excuse to go and become a little bit concerned about going on i got the impression that he was pretty relaxed and it's, it's all being driven by what you would say is fundamentally mm. good factors yeah i think i think that's correct and i think a lot of the conversations we had last week when bonds looked like they were melting down is that yields were just catching up with a better outlook um, policy is working monetary and fiscal policy working together getting the economy back on track uh, and as you alluded to we've seen some extraordinary housing data whether it's house prices or lending data it is responding to the stimulus that's been pumped through the economy so we can't be surprised that at some stage there's a use by date on this maximum policy stimulus with the uh, end of the reporting season, basically uh, here and now, what the unofficial end was uh, was Friday, of course. We're now getting a variety of different views coming through from our guests as to what uh, what the implications are, what were the standout performances, what what, and, and more importantly, how can you put your uh, your investment dollars into a good opportunity moving forward? And we spoke we earlier today as well with Ron Shamgar, who's of course the uh, head of Australian Equities at Tamim Asset Management, about his three um, best performing stocks during the reporting season. I can give you a very small tidbit i can say one of them is in the payments platform providing space so uh, i won't go and give away the other uh, three tips there but uh, ron waiting with what he's liking here at the moment uh, look we also got the opportunity to go and uh, have our sector uh, on the call like no the stock of the day today was victor group uh, vista group and uh, we did speak to Methan somersundram from deep data analytics and gaurav sodi from the intelligent investor to go and get their views on this uh, this play uh, we'll go kick off with Methan to see what his views were the group's obvious you knew that when cinemas yeah. are closed they're going to get hit uh, but it's a very good model it's a global model it's a proven model people are paying insane prices for tech stocks which haven't proven their model or haven't got to a, mm. where, a state where you can see what they're going to do. Vista Group, you, you know what they could do. I mean, the original, I, I wanted to get on it, but 
it got bitted up so much. I think the first round it got to five, six dollars. So this has got everything going for it. It's just the macro is bad. I'd say, look, if you're looking at it over 12 months, I probably think you're going to get it a bit cheaper. And you know, if the market gets pulled back, which I think it's going to happen in the next couple of months, then this will come off a bit, and that'll give you the buying opportunity. In, in China, um, where things have reopened a lot more, uh, cinema had its biggest month ever in January. Wow. And that's largely mm-hmm. driven by Chinese-made content. Um, the American mm-hmm. studios are now pumping out their content again. Marvel has released their, their new, about a dozen new, um, new movies slated for release. So I think it's an above-average business only. Growth is limited. They already have 50% market share, mm-hmm. but the price is extremely attractive. It's sure. a buy, buy for me. We, we own Vista. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's going in the portfolio, so Vista Group is added there. And uh, after some, uh, some pretty big declines, so we're getting it at a relative bargain. Let's hopefully that works out for our hypothetical portfolio here at Ausbiz. Uh, look, Annette, uh, the, uh, the action comes thick and fast. It's <laughs> going to be a real week for policy wonks. Uh, the economists uh, out there are getting excited. We've got, of course, RBA tomorrow and GDP arriving on Wednesday. Uh, so when we have the last of the inputs tomorrow, so we get uh, net exports, uh, we get, we get net the current, exports, ac- current yep. account, and we also have the government, government spent. So what are you looking for with that in particular? Anything that you're seeing out there amongst the uh, economist community? Well, probably not surprising anybody. Trade is going to be neutral for, for GDP, and of course the government sector is pumping away um, there's even despite me asking for about seven eight years uh, Bloomberg still doesn't poll government spending so we won't know if it's above consensus or not but of course with government spending at all levels uh, that we do expect a big number there and of course government spending is these days nearly 30% of GDP so we really should be paying attention to that number dropping tomorrow ahead of the RBA at 230 coalition running a big government policy i thought i'd never see the day but uh <laughs> it is that kind of uh, no era that we live in at the moment of course we need to re- uh, have that uh, public sector really firing to go and help uh, get some steam going in the private sector which it looks like it's definitely happening in some sectors at the moment uh look the reporting season here locally it may be over but we still have a few uh, no stragglers coming through looking at uh, who's going to be on the program tomorrow uh we'll be speaking with uh, justin Braitling, chief investment officer watermark funds management also speak to Peter Forsyth. He's the managing director at Austin Engineering. Uh, also looking forward to having a chat with Steve Johnson. He's, of course, the chief investment officer at Forager Funds to get his take about uh, the earnings season. And we'll go and uh, round off proceedings with Martin Crabb, who, of course, Sean Partners, Boffin, the chief investment officer, and always good for a view on not only the individual stocks, but of course the macro environment, which is going to be plenty to go and talk about. And we'll have the RBA, of course, the decision arriving. We're going to go be on air at 2.30 to go and unpack that all tomorrow and the implications. It I was think, supposed to be a snoozer, Scuddy. Well, you know, with you and me involved, it's never going to be, uh, never going to be a snoozer. We're going to go and find something in it. So look forward to going and seeing what's going on. But look, we might go and leave it there. It's been a pretty solid start to the, uh, to the trading month for the, uh, for the local market. We'll see how we fare tomorrow. But uh, look forward to seeing you all bright and early on the uh, on air at 8.30 tomorrow. See you then. Do it all again tomorrow. See you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.